Welcome back to Educate, the alternative classroom experience, brought to you by Katie Conn from her London bedroom. So I'm joined today by the incredibly talented and hilarious Adam Willard, aka Shuffle T, the battle rapper extraordinaire, speaker, writer and practitioner. Adam's been rap battling since 2012, and he is one part of the two-on-two champs in the UK battle rap scene, with his rap partner, Marlo. They've been undefeated since 2013. No big deal. It's, it's fine. We'll chill here. Uh, he's written for celebs, including Judge Rinder. He's done coaching on the James Corden show. And he's one of the most watched battle rappers in the UK with over 10 million Facebook views. Again, no big deal. It's fine. Uh, he's performed all over the world. Again, no big deal. Uh, he's also got fans including Drake, Rizzle Kicks, James Arthur. Uh, I mean, it's all pretty pretty low-key over here. Uh, his battle videos have over 6 million views on YouTube. So I met him about a year ago at work and I was telling him that I was going to start a podcast. And since that conversation, he's published a book called The Advanced Rhyming Dictionary. And he's also started his own podcast called Something About Rhyme. So, you know, um, I have dragged him on to educate to teach me a lesson. I don't know what it will be about, hopefully rhyme related, but who knows? So ladies and gentlemen, in true rap battle, intro style. Welcome Shuffle D! <laughs> Can I be my own hype person? Yeah, I think so. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on to educate. My pleasure. Thank you so much. That was an amazing intro. That was that literally maybe the best intro I've ever been given. Are you uh, honestly just saying that? Yeah, I said it to every single person who listens to my achievements. <laughs> I need to send you money as well for reading every single one out because there's some that people don't usually get them on. But no, I did yeah. a proper deep dive. Um, <laughs> I had to. I need to get these intros right. You know, it's all an educational experience, so I can't get it wrong. So tell me, um, how are you? What have you been up to recently? I am first of all crackalacking. I'm good. I'm, I'm a happy boy, and I'm getting on with bits. And yeah, very sick. Have you gone into sort of using uh, battle rap lingo? Sick. <laughs> well, you know, don't want to don't brag, but um, I'm kind of down with the kids over here, so. <laughs> but yeah, I've, I've, well, yeah, I've just been doing bits. I've just been doing little bits, making little videos, preparing for a couple of battles I've got coming up uh, later on in the year, obviously, when everyone's socially distanced and everything. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, trying to get the book out there and just all sorts of little bits just lots of little bits lots of bits I love it I love as well with your book that every Instagram post that you do you you end it with going and buy my fucking book I am obsessed (laughs) the best form the most sophisticated form of advertising I love it it's subtle but it does sink in after a while I think yeah (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> how is the book received it's, it's been received pretty well actually thank you yeah it's been out for about like eight months I think maybe or just over like October times when we got the first bunch of them um put out and yeah it's, it's just it's been it's been really good it's it's made me realize so much about um rhymes more, more, less so in the kind of way that we were doing with the book this is sort of like an exercise for people getting into rhyme but we've realized how much application it has with the younger generation as well, sort of like between, you know, five to 10. Um, and also things like teaching English as a second language, it turns out to be quite helpful for, for like pronunciation and learning like patterns in rhyming and things like that. Wow. Just all these applications we didn't really anticipate that are coming 
to the to the front, which which is really exciting, and has given us lots of ideas for for future books and stuff like that. So yeah, it's been really really positive. That's really really exciting. How long did it take you to write? Well, this is a sort of uh, tricky <laughs> question to ask because technically, I mean, it's we started it um, in two thousand twelve is when I started it, and mm-hmm. so it took oh, about seven or eight years um, to get together, wow. but. When you look at it, you're like, no, it didn't. That's because <laughs> it's 90 pages. No, it didn't. But the thing is, <laughs> it, like, we went through so many iterations. And because I was learning as I was writing it, I would get yeah. through, like, a whole draft of it and get to the end and be like, I've just, you know, as soon as you get to the end of one side, you go back at the first and you go, this page is awful. And then you realise that all the pages are awful because you're a bit better now. And then that happened about three times. And so oh, it was just goodness. this constant. And then by the time... I was at a point where I felt comfortable that whatever I did was about, you know, plateau of where I'd get in terms of rhyming, which seems like a really silly thing to talk about. But like, there are loads of complexities to this kind of rhyming that we're talking about. And so Mm -hmm. when we had realised our own rules and we'd come up with our own terms and, you know, try to make it sound a bit academic and all these things, we realised that seven years had passed. And then I had just turned freelance by which I mean was made redundant and then (laughs) no you don't know you don't mean that (laughs) and so it was sort of like a massive kick up the ass to go right I need to actually get this done because at the time it was all handwritten in moleskins and so it had been like not officially anywhere and I took it with me everywhere because I was so worried about it Oh and my then, gosh! If you lost that moleskin, oh, you're you're dancing with death. Yeah, I was so, a madman. I was so stupid to have done that for for so long, and then eventually <laughs> I got it typed up onto my computer, and then doing that led to, you know, trying to get out there, and I went one way with it, and then I I was very lucky. I met my manager who was who was taking it on as a as a project together. So, so exciting. Yeah, I mean, the, the the bulk of it happened over seven years and then everything happened over about six months when it actually got to being published or, you know, self-published and printed and all those kind of things and all the last minute things. So it kind of felt all rushed, even though it had been seven years in the making. That's amazing. I'm very impressed. I mean, the thought of writing a dictionary is uh, somewhat daunting. And, yeah. the, and even making it to do with, a, I don't know, non-traditional dictionary vibes so I think yeah. that's pretty that's pretty amazing really so I just wanted to ask as well so you know I'm not sure if my audience know too much about you know rap battling you're joking uh, I, I don't believe that <laughs> my accent being a, being <laughs> a, a rapper <laughs> um but I basically just want to find out because you're going to lead this fab lesson and I'm buzzing for it um I just kind of want to know if I was a grandmother which I am um Uh I certainly am and I found myself stumbling into you know crowd of a rap battle Uh what especially one of your ones uh what would I expect to see well you would expect to see um a big old bunch of mostly men I can't lie (laughs) Uh, it is a very male-dominated um, pastime, but you, so you see a lot of sweaty, sort of like twenty to twenty to thirty-year-old men, um, fantastic, who are all sort of standing <laughs> around, not really knowing how to talk to each other. There's no the one thing there's not is animosity. It's not like how if you've ever seen like Eight Mile or any sort of like version of like how it looks in the states. Yeah, 
there's no mm-hmm. actual animosity between most of the people including the people who are going up against each other most of the time you know that's all you know it's bravado it's stage presence and then everyone is friends with each other afterwards so right, you see okay. a lot of yeah uh, awkward boys um you see um <laughs> i think you see a lot of nervous energy from everyone performing in fact what sometimes is a fun game is to go up on the sort of balcony and look down and go, that's a performer, that's a performer, that's a performer. <laughs> By the way, they're sort of like hopping on the spot and just sort of like working themselves up. Um, I love it. But it's, what it is, what you do get very quickly is is like a realisation that it's, it's nothing like you've expected. It's a lot okay. more of a friendly vibe. It's a lot more calm. Um you know, obviously it's usually in places where drinks are flowing. So people are sort of getting to talk to each other. And it's just, it's just quite a very, yeah, it's a friendly environment. And it does, it does, you know, attract people from all walks of life. If you were a grandmother. If, Which I am. If you were an elderly lover, then you'd probably see um, Joy France, who is a um, a battle rapper, who I think she's about, she must be in her um, 50s or 60s. And she was making big splashes in her career last year when she, um, or the last couple of years when she, when she started getting involved in battle rap. So there are, there What's are, her name? Joy France. Joy France. Yeah. She's a poet who um, turned battle rapper, very common career path. And, <laughs> um, and yeah, and she's, she's been uh, making all sorts of moves in, in the, in the world of battle rap. So yeah, it's really spread very far and wide. I think it's amazing. And how did you get into it then? I got into it about 2012, about the same time when I started writing the book. In fact, the, the, the book was because I was sort of involved in it. Um, where I, I'd been sort of writing terrible rap for a few years. It was and... not terrible rap. I'm not having that. We're <laughs> well... not having any negativity on here. <laughs> I hope I got better, but I mean, at the time, it was pretty, <laughs> pretty trite. Um, Hold the vision, trust the process. That's what we used to do in drama. <laughs> but I start. I, I basically, I was watching all these videos because they all go up online. They're all on YouTube and stuff, and they have been since right. their inception in about two thousand and eight of this this particular league, which started in about two thousand eight, two thousand nine. They go straight onto um, onto YouTube. It's called Don't Flop, mm-hmm. and. Um, so I'd been watching a few of these battles in 2010 and 11 and nine uh, with my friend Theo, um, mm-hmm. who you know as well, uh, who is the other half of my writing partner. He's not the other half of my writing partner. He is my writing partner. <laughs> and um, so uh, I started showing him a couple of the battles that I'd been watching, which were very funny. Like the British have their own sort of like unique approach to battle rap. Like in the States, it is more serious. But most of the time it is a bit more... Right you know, um, th- there's more elements to do with sort of like violence and threats and that kind of thing. That's much, usually much quieter in the UK. There's more sort of like jibes and, you know, jokes about how you look. And it's it's much more sort of like playful and school ground kind of approach. Right, um, okay. Got the you. idea is still to insult the other person as much as you can, but it's sort of more <laughs> in a jokey way. It's more based around like, there's a lot, there's you can see roots in stand-up comedy and that kind of thing. Right, so, okay. Um, so I started showing him a few and, and we got really into it and we said, you know, we must actually go to one of these live after watching a couple of years worth of them. We said, we, we have to actually turn up to one. And um, so we did, we went to one in Shepherd's Bush in Gingling, which is this underground club. And um, <laughs> we, we didn't realise it was a freestyle event because when I'm talking about these kind of battles, they're all pre-written. You get like a month, two months to prepare oh, okay. for them. So you, you, you research about the other person and you find out about them and you look at their oh previous battles and this kind of thing. Um, 
most people oh, that's so dangerous i love I it know, yeah. you must find so much tea oh my god there's so much stuff that you find and you're like i do you know what i can't in good conscience say this <laughs> it's, it's too but m- most people's idea of of battle rap is that it's 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 improvised but since about 2008 it hasn't been because there was a spate of people coming in and just saying stuff that wasn't freestyle if you know what i mean so they were sort of cheating in a sense it was meant to be freestyle but they would write stuff down and so obviously the only way around that to make sure that you know everyone's on the same playing field is just to make everybody write so right okay so so that's what happened around 2008 and so now and then though they have these free freestyle events okay and this was one that we happened to turn up to and i've always said it's like a really terrible plot in a bad film where there were one there were one person down and I had drunkenly been talking to the co-founder who I'd met on a sofa and was just like oh I'm like, yeah I'll do a bit of rapping and he was like oh yeah cool see you later I'm just leaving and then he came back when someone dropped out and was like did you say you're a rapper and I was like big time mate big time and he goes right oh well God. we need someone on tonight for the free freestyle event and I was like oh uh, yeah uh yeah I can do that yeah and I was so drunk that I just agreed to it <laughs> and so I went up and I tried really hard but right. also made a complete dick of myself at the same time <laughs> but I was so lucky in that people thought that it was sort of tongue-in-cheek and that I was you know being sort of silly with it but actually I yeah. was really trying very hard <laughs> and so uh and that was a huge lesson actually about like you know what what trying hard looks like from the outside and <laughs> compared to how you think it looks which is really cool and uh, but very luckily I got invited back and then I started doing a couple of written battles and it just kind of snowballed from there really that's amazing and I have to say I know you're being uh, a, a slightly critical which is fair enough we all are but the fact they invited you back you can't have been that bad well I think yeah maybe maybe they saw something in me a glimmer in the eye <laughs> they knew the dictionary was going to be written yeah. in stars. <laughs> He's going to make us millions. I mean, I just don't think I can really be the teacher in this context. I can I can pretty much do a, you know, the odd rap from a from a pop song. <laughs> well, that's obviously really... coming up later. You've shot yourself in the foot there. Yeah, no, uh, foot foot's now shot off. Uh, well and well and truly. Tell me, what are we learning today? What okay. are you going to teach me? Well, I would I would love to teach you about um, what we in the biz, the rapping biz, call <laughs> multisyllabic rhyme. Okay, is basically hopefully kind of what it sounds like like the syllables that are multiple that rhyme and okay. it's a bit more complex than that but that's basically the the root of it it's more than one syllables rhyming in a row so okay cool Got you. first of all I wanted to ask you like what what is your how would you define rhyme what would you say in like a, a sentence how would you define what rhyme is oh wow um if I'm going back to my school days uh-huh. it was what like working out um which words at the end of like Shakespeare poetry rhyme <laughs> rhyming in general is when things sound the same but aren't that's probably what I would say that's basically it I think that's that's pretty no one would really disagree with you um they'd have <laughs> to be pretty really generic thing for me to say <laughs> no no, no that's, that's perfect um the reason I ask is because usually what people say is they say um it's when two words rhyme and it's an interesting distinction between you saying two things rhyme and two words rhyme because um, obviously three things can rhyme with one thing. Um, like you could have, a, uh, we call it mosaic rhymes when more than one syllable 
um, is taken from one rhyme and placed into several different syllables that make up one word later. So one word okay. is entire, sort of like, I've got some examples to make that less ridiculous how I said it. No, no, no. But, I feel like the meme right now, you know, when um all of the sort of equations go behind <laughs> her head. <laughs> That's me right now. No, to be fair, I, I, I did a horrible job of explaining what I was talking about there. No, no, no. It it makes sense. It makes sense. So I'm just I'm just being silly. There's mosaic rhyme, which is something where it's like one whole word and then there's something else. Uh, the other word would be uh, made up of little words or other words. So, for example, prenatal is one word. Mm-hmm. And then uh, league table is two words, league, then table. And so that's that's like well, one of the first things that we have to learn about is like different ways of combining the syllables together to make the words. Got the it. second thing is that when we're talking about multisyllabic rhyme, it's less about traditional perfect rhyme. So when we think of rhyme in traditional sense, we think of things like cat and hat, which have that mm-hmm. at sound and they differ at the beginning where it's like the huh. And the K is what different mm-hmm. difference. But yeah. when we're talking about sounding the same in multisyllabic rhyme, we're, we're tending to lean more towards assonance, which is the vowel sounds. So, oh, I remember that word yeah. when I did English back in the day. <laughs> there was assonance and there was sibilance. Yes, sibilance, <laughs> consonants. There's loads of lovely, lovely little rhyming, rhyming things. And they've all got their place in different areas. It's, it's lovely. It's lovely. And, and they're all sort of like their own techniques. And assonance, um, in my opinion, is sort of like the the god level of of rhyme in a way. Like this is this is how we use so many different sort of like techniques, and certainly in rap, and more recently in spoken word poetry and those kind of areas as well. Um, mm-hmm. Multisyllabic rap is dictated by the assonance. And for those Got of it. you who might not know the word assonance, it's basically just like the, yeah, it's the vowel sound that every syllable has. Every syllable in English basically has a vowel sound to it and assonance is basically the the bit in the middle of the of the syllable so if i was to ask you what rhymes with something like habitat then instead of thinking like cat or something like that we try to think of it as something that would match the whole word so Mm -hmm. habitat is a three syllable word yeah the first syllable is hab the second syllable is b like barely anything and the Mm -hmm. last syllable is tat so Mm -hmm. from that we have to identify which ones are the stressed syllables and those are the ones that have more emphasis on them Mm -hmm. because when it comes to multisyllabics we're we're basically only rhyming the stressed ones when we're saying Mm -hmm. multi we mean multiple stress so with habitat it's the first and last because it goes habitat so that middle one it's sort of like a nothing syllable it's rubbish i hate it get rid of it but you still have (laughs) you still have to keep it when you rhyme it but it doesn't matter how close you are. So okay. a couple of things that would rhyme in a rap sense of habitat are things like uh, Halifax or even something like Action Packed, which has a longer sounding sort of like, it takes longer to come out, like Habitat and Action Packed. But a part of how you deliver these things is what makes them work. Okay, okay. I'm with you. I'm with you. Do you know what I mean? So the first bit and the last bit, and it doesn't have to be exact with the same letters at the end, like Action Packed, is a D and Habitat is a T and Halifax is an X. So like mm-hmm. you, you have a bit of play with those consonants. It's more okay. about specifically the thing. So if if you were to hear Habitat and Action Packed next to each other, there are differences, almost like it feels like a texture, like you can almost sort of like feel it against your fingers. There's a difference. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. 
when you have it in the context of a performance, when you're like, you know, uh, this place is my habitat and every day it's action packed, then like the emphasis on which you drop the action packed and sort of lessen the emphasis on that middle syllable. Yeah, yeah. You sort of get away with it. And so it's 50% the the writing and it's 50% the performance. That's really interesting. I, I actually never really thought of that. I've yeah. never thought of... Because I always thought that rhyme was, I don't know, again, like cat, hat, Well, this, rat. this is the, <laughs> one of the main differences between this type of rhyme and traditional rhyme is that it's objectivity versus subjectivity. So cat yeah. and hat, I mean, you can ask a, a billion people probably who speak English and they will say cat rhymes with hat and no one will have an issue with that. However, yeah. if I was to say, you know, habitat and action packed, then there are a bunch of people who would say, yeah, that's fine, I get what you're doing. And there's a bunch of people who say, no. And there's a bunch of people who know what I am doing and would still disagree with it because they have their own rules. And that's the interesting thing is that it's built up of all these individual rules that people have about... And because it's not in academia and it's not written down in the same way and there's not books written about it, it means that it is passed on sort of colloquially. And so no one really knows what these ideas are or how they're written down or what the terms are, the specifics about them. You just make up your own rules. And some person, some people would say, you know, it has to sound like this particular thing. And some people in a very, very similar way will have a a slight disagreement with it. That's really interesting. So I'm assuming with that then, if it's 50-50, would people's accent come into play yeah it's an enormous part of rhyme and and so I do these things where it's like a daily rhyme challenge I put them up on my Facebook and Twitter and on Reddit and I say like this is the rhyme of the day and it'll have eight examples and then it's up to everyone else to sort of like put in their own ideas and you know silly ideas and things like that that rhyme with it that's such a fun idea I love it it's really fun and um and it gets it's taught me so much about accent it's taught me so much about how you, you always assume that your accent is... But you, you know there's, like, north and south, and so one says grass and one says grass. And you oh, think... don't we all know it, um, <laughs> honestly? The amount of times that people always go, oh, wow, you say grass. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. yes, what's new? Tell me again, go on. <laughs> and that's the amazing thing is that, like, we all know this one rule, but there are, like, a thousand of those little rules that, like, differ wherever you go that you wouldn't even think about. Like... The fact that if you're Scottish, then you pronounce R's more. So if you're saying like curly, it sounds more like cuddly, which is like an uh sound rather than an er sound. And so that can affect the whole texture of a word. And there's things like, you know, there was something I didn't think about until I was halfway through the book where I was writing um, a rhyme scheme, which was like Charlie Horse, Martin Shaw, Carnivore, Art of War. It's like R then or. And then I, I got to Charlie Horse and then Martin Shaw and then I thought of it in an American accent. And although you think that can't change, it goes Charlie Horse and then Martin Shaw. It's like Shaw because it's S-H-A-W, not O-R-E. Oh, my goodness. American... That must have been so annoying. Oh, I was livid. I was, I was livid. <laughs> I just had to leave at the end. I just went, nah, they can deal with it. But like, <laughs> that's the thing. There are so many, and there are a thousand of those. I met someone the other day who was surprised that I say one, like one and not one, like one rhyming with ton is how I say it, not rhyming with like closer to bomb. And he's from oh, Bristol yeah. and that's not that far. And he was like, I've never heard anyone say it like that. 
from sound. That's so interesting. And there are just hundreds of thousands of these little things that you don't realise that are just like, that you hear every day and they just don't click until you have these rules that you go, right, rhyme with this. And someone goes to and you go, wait a minute, that doesn't work. That is actually really, really true. Fair it's... play. I feel, like my, I feel like I've like had my mind blown. <laughs> well, this is the amazing thing about it. I think it is like that. When I, when I first like really realized how amazing these kind of rhymes are and how broad they are and their applications in different areas, it was like a proper eye-opening moment for me. Um, and there are just so many different ways to utilize it. Like for, for example, uh, a little while ago, I realized that most numbers, two-digit numbers, have their own unique um, multisyllabic sound. Like some of them are similar, like 55 and 69 sound quite similar like it's it and i and 17 and 23 there are a few things like that that sound similar but most of them have their own unique sound and i realized that remembering with rhymes is so much easier than remembering numbers and i i memorized like successfully about 250 digits of pi just by grouping them together and then rhyming oh the two numbers and having like a story with the rhyme using an image and it was like mind blowing. And I've remembered so much information that I only know through rhymes. Like That's people amazing. From, people from TV shows or like people through history whose names always usually escape me. But now when I think of them, I just have the, the rhyme to jump to. The, one, the, the example I always jump to is um, Emily Davison, um, whose name I always confuse. And then <laughs> Mesopotamian and then Emirates Stadium and <laughs> Mediterranean. And as soon as I had those rhymes, Every time I go to, not that, I mean, I don't know how often I'm thinking of Emily Davison, but if I am and I go to say her name, then my mind jumps to the rhyme first and then pieces the rest together. And it's just like another avenue to explore memory. And that it's is amazing. It's like, um, it's like that word palace thing. So, mind palace, sort of, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm totally mixing up my terminology <laughs> there. That word palace thing. Um, I would also, number one, love uh, to see you be that kid at school that could just rattle it off and be like, sorry, guys, <laughs> uh, step aside, the big dog's coming through. Before they realise it has no application to the exam at all and you just <laughs> use all your best memory for that. It's so funny. I tell you what, though, it's really interesting that you say that because I, not in terms of rhyme, but to this day, I still remember really complicated bits of sort of um science psychology purely yeah. because I put the, the the words to song so I don't do it to rhyme but and it's even like knowing the order of the presidents in America yeah I did it to the Cleveland show because <laughs> <laughs> that's so actually mind-blowing what the mind can do with stuff like that because my memory normally is pants that's 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 an interesting thing as well one of the things we talk about when we're talking about this kind of rhyme is that it has an inherent rhythm to it. Like there's a bouncy quality to it or there's some kind of structure to it that makes it rhythmic. Um, right. Like earlier on we were saying Halifax. That kind of sounds bouncy, Halifax. And one of my favourites is Mission Impossible 2 and that's bibbidi-bobbidi-boo. And it's, <laughs> it's got like a rhythm that's inherent to it. And rhythm is such a fundamental part of humanity and learning and development that I think part of the reason why the rhymes work is because they have this inbuilt rhythm in the same way that the melodies of certain songs can help you remember things from from ages ago. So I think it's all built into oh, this yeah. like natural search for rhythm and patterns and that kind of thing. That's um, so interesting. Yeah, it's 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 a it's a really fascinating subject. And one of the things that I was trying to do with the book 
Um, buy your fucking book. Is make people buy it. Is that so hard? One of the things I want to do <laughs> is like, um, you know, bring it more into academics and like teach kids to, you know, embrace it. Because this is not the kind of thing that you, it sounds like a really simple kind of thing sometimes when you explain this type of rhyme. It sounds like something that you can just sort of pick up over a weekend. But I mean, it, it really did t- take me years to to master it, if I can say I've mastered it. Which to get you can. <laughs> and like, it really does take a lot of understanding and like, you know, in the same way that any writing does, you have to get over this sort of defence mechanism of thinking you're good enough about, you know, a, a year in, you think I've done my due diligence, I've done a year's worth of working on this type of thing and now I must be good enough. It takes ages to actually get to a standard where you can really get the most out of it and yeah, I think sure. if it was something to like teach kids from an early age I think you know they pick it up like sponges I've done a couple of you know work rooms with kids from about Aww. you know 10 or 11 or 12 and, and they pick it up so quickly compared to adults it's nuts oh my goodness I can imagine they are hilarious as well I bet some of yeah. the rhymes that they come out with are just like they're always filth and they're always <laughs> are they yeah <laughs> It's probably filled, but they like don't know what it means. You know, yeah, like when exactly. you sing like I don't know to like Rude Boy Rihanna when you were younger, <laughs> <laughs> and then only now you're like, oh, that's actually quite naughty. <laughs> so, when when you're thinking of these kind of rhymes, um, there, there are there are hundreds of different stress patterns. The first thing you've got to do is identify the stress pattern of like the thing mm-hmm. that you're trying to rhyme, wh- whatever that is. You know, if you're writing and you come up against a line and you go here's where the rhythm seems to find itself and that's the bit that you should rhyme. So if you said, you know, I'm on a podcast with you, then it might feel natural to go, not I'm, not I'm on a podcast with you, but more like podcast with you, sort of has its own sort of rhythm to it. So it's about yeah, finding that. And then you go, right, okay, which syllables there are stressed? And you go, podcast with you. So dot, dot, the ooh. So then you could, I don't know, I won't be able to think of a good one, but like, you know, not far from true, for example, podcast with you and not far from true could be like an idea you get together that's so interesting I love it's it. about yeah identifying the bits that stick out and matching them almost like a sort of roulette wheel of different sounds that go past and one of the best ways i found to like learn how to do them yourself is to do these quizzes where i would go okay here's here's like a starter rhyme and i'll give you a clue as to what the answer is and it will be something that you're familiar with, something that is already a term or a phrase or a name or a TV show or something like that. And so okay. I am actually going to give you a couple here. I'm not going to give you the oh, full 10. Right. Hit me with this quiz. I okay. love it. So the first Nervous. one. It is nerve All right. The first one I'm going to give you is crack a smile. You know the term to crack a smile. So that's mm-hmm. the rhyme. That's what the rhyme is going to be. So it's going to go at an aisle with an L sound at the end. Mm-hmm. And the clue is, T, T E A. Now, what's going through your head when you're thinking? Chamomile. That's it. That's it. <gasps> Chamomile. That was not scripted, audience. Smashed it. I'm going to give you a couple more, okay? That this is really- so fun. I feel. Oh my goodness, we're going to do this for the rest of the evening. <laughs> Screw any any outros, anything else. This is it. <laughs> Just fade out on this. That was a mid mid range one. Easy to mid, I'd say. Not to take anything oh. away. You've done excellent. No, no big deal. It's fine. Just a bruised ego over here. What about um I'll give you step ladder. So that's the rhyme. Step ladder. Right. And then the clue is a heavy tool. Oh my god. Um a heavy tool. Yeah. I don't even know every single tool has gone out of my head. The only thing I can think of is wrench. <laughs> well, that's good because you're thinking of the first syllable being like wrench dada or whatever 
Um, I mean, it's wrong. Don't get me wrong. It's wrong. But, I mean, <laughs> you are entirely false. <laughs> on this one, you've got the ladder sound in the second half. So you've got step ladder. Think of a tool that rhymes sort of half rhymes with ladder. Something that you do. Why am I being an actual idiot? <laughs> no, I love being an idiot. It's tricky. <laughs> oh, God. I'll, I'll pay right. this one. Um, can I have a clue? Can I have a clue? Okay, so... Um, I guess you've already given me a clue. <laughs> you can't give me two clues. The, the nature of tool might seem a bit misleading. It is a tool. It's something you'd find in a DIY box. Um, it's very common, but it's big. It's, the reason I said heavy is because it's quite a big one. A hammer? Yeah. So what kind? Step ladder. Sledgehammer. There we go. There we go. <laughs> she got there in the end. It took a bit of perseverance from you. Fair play. <laughs> a lot of patience. I've done a lot of work with kids. I've said that before. It's fine. Uh, plot twist, I am one of the 11-year-olds. <laughs> You're um, not a grandma after all. What a rip. No, I actually, um, I like change. I, um, I transform. <laughs> I'm so nervous. <laughs> all right. What about this one? Okay. Amateurism. And the clue is house extension. It's, it's a kind of cryptic clue as well. So it's not just about whether you're good at rhymes. It's also about coming up with a cryptic element of as well. But this is something you have to request. And the clue is house extension. And the rhyme is amateurism. Very simple. Yeah, no, totally simple. I feel like if this was in like a, an English exam, this would be like the, the back page. Be, and... Yeah, this would be worth one one point. Right. Um amateurism and a, and a house extension house extension is a clue and it's something you have to request planning permission that is it. <gasps> and so oh my god when the, the great thing is that you know when you're right because there's only so many things it can be and when you get it right when the two things slot together it's so clear mm. that they sound good like amateurism and planning permission you can tell that sounds nice in your head and that it has a nice again it's about a rhythm and the, the way that they fit together and and that's one of the things that I talk about really is, is like with with the book, I wrote it with my friend Jamie Blees, who is kind of like my mentor for this kind of thing. I met him in 2014, a couple of years after I've been writing quite a lot and doing a lot of the battle rap stuff. And he Aww. just opened my eyes to how amazing this kind of rhyme can be and how specific you can get with it and everything like that. So he kind of opened my eyes a lot. And one of the things we talk about when we're talking about rhyme is that it's just another way in multisyllabic rhyme. It's another way that language has another connection on top of the ones that you think. Like language is sort of like a puzzle piece, no matter what you're doing. Like if you're writing, you know, uh, an article, then there are specific words you need to find. And so it's a puzzle piece like that. You know, you're slotting them in the right adjective, the synonyms, everything like that, that you have to find a place for. And mm -hmm. if you're doing jokes, then, you know, you need to find out about, jigsaw pieces with the, the double entendre and puns and things like that and wordplay generally yeah yeah and this is just another iteration of that and it's so broad it's so incredibly broad and vast it's actually insane how you can articulate it though because i feel like a lot of people when you kind of give those examples of the monosyllabic words rhyming yeah. you don't really you don't really acknowledge it until you've just explained that. So I can't even imagine how you managed to kind of, I don't know, almost articulate that and like work it out in your head before you started teaching people. <laughs> it did take a long time to even like appreciate what it was that this kind of rhyme is. Like I say, it's kind of like, I don't want to say it's looked down upon because I don't even think it's looked upon most of the time. It's just sort of ignored mm -hmm. as like, oh yeah, that's rap. 
that's rap stuff and rap is sort of like its own thing that exists in you know the periphery of of what we're doing and you know I, I made a bunch of examples of people who use this people like Dave and his song Black and Stormzy you know these massive examples of of writers and you know artists in the rap world who mm. have these massive platforms and yet the, the the technique and the craft behind it isn't always given as much credence as, as as it needs a lot of the time it's kind of looked down upon in a sort of way I think do you think that artists like that have a really similar perspective on rhyme that you have or do you think I don't know do, do you think that that comes organically I think with writing it's a, it's a really good question actually and something I, I really wonder myself like you know I know a lot of battle rappers and battle rap is different in that there's no music behind it it's a cappella, so part of the reason we do these kind of rhymes is to create the rhythm but it's not right, as okay. strict in like musicians when they have uh, an instrumental behind them so so I know what we all think of it and we all sort of appreciate it as a certain way but I know that musicians a lot of the time they just subconsciously do it they don't even realize they're right. doing the rhymes a lot of the time like people like Dave and Stormzy they're, they're consciously using it and to great effect as well um, and they use yeah. So, uh, things that would make me think that they are appreciative of it and recognize what they are doing and, and are very aware and have an appreciation for it. But there are some, yeah, there course. are some rappers who it just seems to come out now and then kind of organically, like Stormzy doesn't use them all the time, but when he does use them, it's to great effect and they stick out quite a lot. So it's almost like, it's like anything. It's like using alliteration, you know, not everyone uses that in every sentence or in every, mm. you know, speech or, or oration or anything like that but sometimes you use it just to emphasize certain things as a technique and so That's so interesting yeah it's, it really is um a fascinating world have you ever written with um music artists I, like in terms of lyrics and things like that I have yeah I've, d I've done some of my own sort of like tracks on stuff it's, it's kind of like for myself it's not really I don't put it out there much um and I've worked on a, a rap musical um a year or two ago which was really fun it was called noise boys and that was that was really fun to do and um i remember you telling me about oh, yeah, this right. yeah of course am i right in thinking that it is to do with an amazon warehouse it is it's all about that and it's the because i remember the you were telling me all about it and because we were talking about hamilton That's and how right, much yeah. we liked hamilton and then you said, well, I'm writing this, I'm writing this play. Not, well, yeah, play at the moment. Yeah, with tap dancers talking about the Amazon warehouse, I was like, <laughs> stop it. Because honestly, like, I shit you not, for the last two months before we had that conversation, I'd been thinking about how complicated and confusing it would be to work in an Amazon warehouse. That's so funny. Honestly, so when you said that, I was literally like, oh, wow, <laughs> mic drop. <laughs> I, I still haven't seen it, uh, frustratingly, because I wanted to go to Fringe that year, but I couldn't get there. And then they were going to do a version of it in, um, I think, Sadler's Wells in London around November time. But I think it's probably going to be delayed. But I'm, I've heard it and it sounds good. And um, I think it's a really good show. Uh, but I, I'd love to see the tap dancing. I, I love tap dancing. It's so impressive. So one of my best friends, who is also my housemate, yeah. went to see it and she adored yeah, it. Yeah, that's right. That's amazing. That's she crazy. absolutely, yeah, she adored it because um, one of her school friends um, yes. was actually in it. The young blonde chap, yeah. I think. Yeah, that's so yeah. funny. Uh, Jacob, I believe. But yeah, she absolutely loved it. So that's you great. absolutely 
must have done something entirely right. That's excellent to hear. And I've, d- I've done some work on that kind of thing. And I'm doing a bit of songwriting at the moment with, with, with some people, more like sort of traditional, sort of, well, like modern pop songs, really, which right, okay. isn't like my favourite thing to do, to write on. But it's all about, we're trying to sort of like write in a sort of way to get these kind of rhymes into pop songs a bit more and sort of like, again, just branching them out from rap and give it, trying to give them a bit of life outside of that if if we can. So there's lots of different nice. ways that we're trying to, yeah, trying to trying to get it out there. But um, it's tricky. It's tricky when people see it as a sort of a folly. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine there are so many snobs out there as well. Oh, yeah. Just like, oh, well, it's just not, you know, written r- rhyming English. Yeah. You know, you can't. Temper with the English language, and I do get like it is. It is sort of asking people to go, you know, you know how there's only one type of rhyme. Well, actually, there's like a bunch of different ones, and none of them sound how you want them to, and they're all weird, and it takes ages to learn. I, you know, people are always going to say, "Shut up," <laughs> which is fine. Yeah, but I do think like at least working with children where they have that capacity to learn new things you know, when they're a sponge just soaking up knowledge from everywhere anyway. Why not? I have to ask you, though, as, you know, somebody earlier that was playing the greatest hits of Take That, um, (laughs) unashamedly, totally, um, I would not forgive myself um, if we we just swiped past the fact that Robbie Williams went on your podcast. Yeah. Um, I'm obsessed and I loved it. How on earth did you get Robbie Williams onto your podcast? He'll be asking the same thing about how you got me on this. You will. Really <laughs> <He will. laughs> no, um, it, uh, it was an absolutely mad one. About a year ago, I was in the front room of my flat here with my girlfriend, my fiance. I must have gone onto Instagram to check something. And then all of a sudden it just came up and said, Robbie Williams is following you. And I was like, stop it. I was like, no, he's not. I was almost talking to Instagram. No, you've got it wrong, Instagram. Sorry. And uh, but there was there was a little uh, the little blue tick next to it, and I was like, oh my god, he's been hacked. Um, oh my god. And so uh, and then I think he liked a couple of my posts, and I was like, what? This is too surreal. Like I've been to I went to see him thrice as a young man when um, my mum, who was obsessed with Robbie Williams, was was you know dragged me along, dragged me along, and so. I was just like, this is this is so weird. And so I messaged him and just went, all right, mate, my mum's a big fan. Um, and he was, he, he just replied and went, oh, mate, I'm a big fan of yours. I've been watching your battles for, for years. Oh, like, my gosh. No, you haven't. <laughs> and she was just like, it's not, you know, come on, that's not going to be real. It's, it's going to be someone faking it. And um, we ended up having like a 45-minute chat just back and forth on, on Instagram. And then at the end, he said, or I think I said, look, we should we should meet up and have a drink or something at some point like I you know I never like to let these opportunities go and just go oh I talked to Robert so I was like let's have a let's meet up for a drink or something and he goes well all right I'm I'm in my hotel uh, for the next week uh, I'll put you in touch with my manager and you can arrange something and I was like right okay oh, I thought it'd been fobbed God. off I thought it was like and um but no I went I went to the hotel about four days later and his manager came down and picked me up and took me upstairs and we just chilled for about an hour and a half. We had a great time. Turns out he knows everything oh. about British battle rap. He's really into it. And Oh um, my God, that's amazing. And then he went 
and said that we should write some songs at some point, which is why I've been working on songwriting at the moment. Oh my gosh, this is this is all making sense. I love and it. then, uh, yeah, we stayed in touch over Instagram and then he said he wanted to come on the show um, to talk about Ryan and talk about stuff. And we just had a big old conversation. It was lovely. I'm actually just shook. Yeah, I'm actually shook. Imagine off. how I felt. I couldn't believe it. But I mean, the thing is that you are obviously really, really talented. So it That's makes... Very- unbelievable sense though doesn't it because you know you're going to inform the next the next generation of musical bops hitting <laughs> our uh, radio let's hope let's hope who knows you'll be the next uh take that the sixth yeah, member let's do this again in a year and i'll have all the lads here <laughs> obsessed obsessed <laughs> with you obsessed with that obsessed <laughs> with this whole podcast um honestly Thank you ever so much for coming on oh, and giving all of your time and rhymes. And I honestly, it, it sort of opened my mind completely oh, to a new brilliant. world. That's excellent. I'm sure that my my educated audience <laughs> um, will be honestly just chuffed to have learned from you. Well, they should they should buy the fucking book at shuffle-t.com slash shop to get your own <laughs> copy today. The link will be in the bio. Yeah. Um, but look, it's been amazing. Thank you ever so much. I'm going to take away all these rhyming vibes. Excellent. And uh, maybe maybe you'll see me on the rap battle stage. <laughs> Who knows? I expect I will. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Have a lovely, have a lovely evening.